630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. If the Jets get a point out of that game, then they will finish third and they will face the Oilers in the first round. The problem for the Jets is they haven't been very good at getting points out of games, not even one, as they are just one and nine in their last 10. So we'll keep you updated on that one. There is another NHL game already underway. It's early in the second period. It's the Bruins and the Capitals scoreless. And it's the Bruins resting most of their regulars this evening. Approximately three quarters of their regular roster not playing against the Washington Capitals. Those two teams are going to meet in the first round. That'll be when the uh, playoffs start on Saturday south of the border. As for the North, we know we still have several games to finish, including two for your Edmonton Oilers. They are in Montreal tomorrow. The game starts at 3, so our face-off show will be on at 1.30. Stoff already has Oilers now starting at noon, so we'll get you ready for the game. And then the Oilers tilt on Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks is a 1.30 puck drop at Rogers Place. Our coverage is going to start at noon. So that does it for the Oilers' regular season. But don't forget the Canucks and the Flames keep on playing after that all the way until next Wednesday, probably in the afternoon, and then the North Division playoffs probably going to start next Wednesday evening. That's May 19th. Now, I don't know if it would be the Oilers series that night or the Leafs series or if they would do a doubleheader. That is still all to be determined. So that's what's shaken down there. Now, as for the Oilers, got the win last night. Mike Smith sat out the game. He's having a great year in net for the Edmonton Oilers. Didn't even dress, was uh, totally out of the game. Koskinen was the goaltender who got the win. And Alex Stalock was the backup, first time he's actually dressed for the Edmonton Oilers. And earlier in the day, Mike Smith had found out he'd been nominated for the Masterton Trophy. Yeah, obviously a huge honor. I think uh, anytime you're you're nominated for an award in this league, um, it's not taken lightly. And obviously a, a huge privilege to be nominated. Um, I think we talked about this before when I've been on. I think I, I don't believe that anything that's done in this league is done on your own um obviously it's uh, the ultimate team sport and especially in my position i think it's uh it's something that you don't you don't do by yourself so i think it's uh it's an it's it's something to be said about our whole group and and uh obviously wouldn't be in this position without the you know support of our my teammates and and family and friends and, and stuff like that so obviously uh, a huge honor it's something i uh i'm very very proud of all right, so each team with a nominee as selected by the local chapter of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. I would expect Patrick Marlowe from San Jose is going to win this award after passing Gordie Howe for the all-time games played record in the NHL regular season, but cool for Smith to get that nomination. And he's not just getting it purely out of longevity and, hey, I'm hanging around the league. Hey, look at me, I haven't retired. He's having one of the best seasons of his career, which is pretty cool and adds to that story. But what's going to happen now? I mean, you know he's going to be the starter in game one of the playoffs next week. There, There's no doubt about that. So with two games left in the regular season, how much is he going to play? You know, you want to you want to be prepared, as prepared as possible. Um, and and I'll be ready to go game one. But it's just I think we, we have some time in between some games now. You don't want your layoff to be too long in between games, but also you want to, you know, manage the, the practice time and the rest uh, as well. So... It's something that we've talked about already, and uh, we'll take it one day at a time here and and just kind of go with the flow. 
So they're not tipping their hand as to how the goaltenders are going to be used. I, I think Smith's going to play tomorrow. Rob and I were talking about it last night. Rob thinks he plays again on Saturday. I don't know about that, but that's the goaltender you need ready to go. Koskinen's going to be the backup, and Stalock's going to be the third goaltender as we go into the postseason. Smith has been very blunt about it. He's not in this for individual stats. He knows where he's at in his career, even though he doesn't talk about retiring or finishing. You know, 39 is 39. Eventually, your uh, your days are going to run out on you as a, as a pro athlete, though he's in phenomenal shape, and I'm sure he's going to be back somewhere next year, whether it's here or with another team. But despite all that, Mike Smith, who has been in the NHL since 2006, has not played a lot of playoff games. He had the one appearance for the Oilers last summer, got pulled, had five games for the Flames in 1819, did play for the Phoenix Coyotes in 2012 in those playoffs. They went all the way to the West uh, West Final. And the year before, in 2011, he was a member of a Tampa Bay team that went to the conference final, though he was the backup goalie on that team and had limited playoff appearances. Uh, I remember Dwayne Rolison was with, uh, with the Lightning at that time. And Smith was asked today about the prospect of maybe going on a long playoff run. I've had opportunities through the course of my career to be on teams that are, you know, good teams. You know, I was in Tampa. We went to the conference finals. Boston beat us. And, uh, you know, I didn't play a lot that at that time, but um, kind of resurrected my career a little bit. I, I got in two games in the, in the conference finals and played well and, uh, you know, learned valuable lessons. Obviously, every time you get in the playoffs and, and you get deep in the playoffs and, you know, you find yourself close to the finals, I think it's... Uh, those experiences can only help. And then uh, obviously the first year I went to Arizona was able to, you know, to play the majority of the games there in the playoffs and really get a good feel of what it's like to be, you know, that close to your, you know, your childhood dream. And there's nothing like it, you know, there's nothing like it. I can, I can always remember in Tampa, I, Marty St. Louis told me after we got beat out to Boston in game seven, he, we were out having a couple after and and he said to me, you know, it's it's nuts that you have to play 82 more games to get back to the the level of playoff hockey. And I mean, he's he's just nailed it. He there's nothing like playing in the playoffs and all those experiences that you have, you know, over the course of your career are valuable and and you know, you never take those for granted. But excited to be back in the playoffs and this team's done uh done some great things in the last two years, seen some great growth with this group and I think everyone's excited to play in important games here. That is Mike Smith. Always very well spoken. I enjoy his answers whenever he talks to us over Zoom, and hopefully you do as well. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 13 minutes after 6. The Blue Jays also in action. They're in Atlanta trailing the Braves 1-0 in the bottom of the third. Ryan McLeod from your Edmonton Oilers got his first NHL point Last night, he's going to join us later on in the show to tell you about the play and how he's feeling now nine games into his NHL career. The double E football team, what is going on with them? Well, a big operating loss reported today at the annual general meeting. I'll speak to Chris Preston later on about that kind of alarming number, what it means, where they go from here, what's happening in 2021, when are we getting a schedule, and oh yeah, when are we going to be able to stop calling them the double E and have actually a name, Elk, Elks, Energy, or whatever. We'll try to get some of that out of Chris Preston tonight as well. I'm happy to hear from you. It's 780-496-0063. That is the hotline for CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D, 
W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Tyson Nash is going to check in from the desert when we get back. an interesting discussion to have especially when you look back on past championship teams in the world of sports hockey football baseball rugby pick your sport and you look back and you say well why did that team win sometimes it's maybe fairly obvious they just had overwhelmingly better players or sometimes you might say man that roster doesn't look like it should have been able to beat that other roster why did it win? Well, today I was looking back on a team from uh, the Kamloops Blazers in 1995 that won the Memorial Cup, and I'm thinking, why did this team win? And then I start looking in the column of the roster where it has where players were born. Or were, were born. I just made a new word, everybody. Or oh, where were you born? Where players were born. I, I'm sure our guest is laughing at that. And I see in the birthplace column, Edmonton. Edmonton, 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 Mournville. That's why Tyson Nash, born in Edmonton, I think that was the secret for those 90, 1995 Blazers. You guys had all these Edmonton and Edmonton area guys. Who was going to stop? I mean, you, Strudwick, Aginla, who was stopping you guys? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Born in Edmonton, raised in Short Park, though. I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Sherwood Park, Alberta. So, no, you're right. And we did it despite even Jason Strudwick. He he was a, a dead weight. He was an anchor, and we still won uh, with him on our blue line, patrolling our blue line and playing big minutes on our blue line as well. But, uh, no, you're right. We had uh, we had some fun years there in Kamloops, and uh, we, we watched the Edmonton Oilers all those years. How, how are you not a champion? You're like a sponge when you watch the, the, the Stanley Cubs that that team won. First of all, poor Strudwick. I've taken enough digs at him that I'm going to distance myself from that comment. That was all you that time, Tyson. <laughs> he's, no he's, he's used I'll to it. it. I'll take it. I know. I know. I'd say he's pulling out his hair, but he doesn't have any laughs. So. <laughs> there we go. You're on fire tonight. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I thought a nice little walk down. And you're, one of the, you're one of what, like three guys to win the Memorial Cup three years in a row or something like that? That's a crazy record. Yeah, not quite three years in a row. We won it three of four years. Oh, sorry, three of four, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, there it was uh, myself, uh, Ryan Huska, and uh, and Darcy Tucker. So we were, uh, yeah, we were sixteen year olds when we first, uh, you know, came on the scene. And uh, I'll tell you what, you, you learn how to win even at that level. I don't care what level you're at. When you win a championship, that sticks with you for the rest of your life. You learn what it takes, uh, how you got it done, the chemistry you need. Uh, everyone buying in, all those good things that, that make up a championship team. It, it, you never lose it. Yeah, well said, well said. Well, I want to go down memory lane there with you quickly, but of course we have a lot of current uh, current news to talk about. And hey, you know, you're covering the Coyotes. You've been there several years now. You were there when Mike Smith was there. I mean, he's been brilliant this season. Uh, I mean, like I say, he's 39 going on 24. He's the Masterton nominee. 
what I think well deserved for this team. I mean, you you were around uh, Smitty. What did what did you see from him? Your experience with him, not just obviously on the ice where he was excellent at times for the Coyotes as well, but sort of that vibe he brings to the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's a true professional. Um, I, I think the biggest thing he has going for him is that he's very streaky. When he gets in that zone, as you guys have seen uh, in Edmonton, um, there, there's no getting him out. And we, we saw that here in Arizona. He single-handedly took this, uh, took this team to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, we played Chicago in the first round. We had absolutely no business winning that series against the Taves, the Canes, in their heyday. The Seabrooks, the Keys, and I'll tell you what, there there was performances uh, out of him in particular. I believe it was that last game uh, where we ended up knocking them out. That I've never seen a goaltending performance quite like that. Um, now that being said, that was uh, you know a lot of years ago. Um, and and I will say this though that when he gets in that zone, I hope he can find that zone. Uh, he's been in that zone for most of the year this year for you guys. Uh, and, he, and he just needs to stay healthy because when he is, you look at the size of him, you look at how he plays the puck, he can be, he can be a game changer. And in the playoffs, uh, regular season, throw that out the window, uh, you need goaltending. Goaltending is absolutely everything. You look at teams that have won the Stanley Cup, uh, you don't win it without uh, the best goaltending. Yeah, well, and you say streaky, and I know that'll have some people biting their fingernails, but but that's fair. And, I mean, it's so much of it is uh, goal. Like, I think I think Tyson... I think the Oilers have a better roster than the Jets. I think that's proven clearly, and clearly the Jets are in a tough space right now. But again, it it could come down to Hellebuck versus Smith, right? That's just how the sport works. Yeah, without a doubt. That's a difference maker. It always is. It's the same with football, uh, the same with uh, baseball. It it all comes down to goaltending, pitching, and your quarterback. And uh, there's no question. The Edmonton Oilers roster, you look at it, it's absolutely gross. I don't see many weaknesses on that roster, how much fun they are to watch. Um, but I'll tell you what, you, the, the big question mark is in goal. You look at, you got Connor McDavid, you got Dreisaitl. Um, you know, I think the concern is definitely between the pipes. And uh, I think everyone knows it. All right. Well, yeah, definitely going to be a storyline going in here. I got to touch on the Coyotes with you because, uh, hey, you know, you, you don't make the playoffs. It's it's disappointing, and Arizona looked like they had a little bit of hope going for them last season. They missed by five points. I guess could be more because St. Louis has a couple of games remaining. And uh, Rick Tockett's not going to be back. He was, he was there four years. It seemed like things had been going well for him as a head coach there. I didn't watch nearly as many you know coyotes games as i would have in a normal year because we're all canadian and the divisions aren't aren't mixing what what happened there with the coyotes this season and how do you look at talk at deciding to move on well first of all with rick talk this guy is a true pro he's he's an unbelievable coach uh you look what he did with the rosters that were given to him uh not a whole lot to work with uh i i think that's uh, that's known uh, you know, some of the players that John Chica gave to him. Uh, Bill Armstrong just took the team uh, late in the summer last year. Um, so he hasn't had a chance to, you know, to put his fingerprints all, all over the team. And I think as a general manager, when you come into a team, you want to bring your own people. And that's what this comes down to. You want your own coach. You, you want your, your own assistance. And then you're okay with, with going down uh, and maybe down the road getting fired, knowing that these guys were all your guys. Uh, I, I think that's where talk kind of falls out of favor. 
Um, you know, I talked to him uh, the other day after uh, after he parted ways, the Coyotes parted ways, or wh- whoever, whatever the situation. He just said it, it's part of the business. Um, uh, he knows that he's a true pro, but I don't think anyone uh, could have got more out of this roster. Uh, that was put on the ice night in and night out. Some of the injuries that we were dealt with this year uh, with a, a very thin offensive group already. Uh, I, I think uh, this team, to be where they are, come this close and fall flat is pretty impressive. Before I let you go, Tyson, I can look at the division standings for the West, and I can tell everybody it's Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota separated, and St. Louis is in fourth. Who's the favorite, though? And Minnesota, oh wow, to me, what a surprise. Yeah, and I think all the so-called experts, me included, uh, you know, had, had Minnesota being right there in the, you know, in the, in the fight with the, uh, with the Coyotes, not even close. They are the, the sleeper in all of this, the way they're built. Uh, Bill Guerin's got his uh, fingerprints all over that team. They're big, they're heavy. That one line of Foligno, uh, Greenway, and uh, uh, Erickson Eck is absolutely going to be a force. But you guys, I don't think, watch this division very often. I do. It is gross. It is absolutely gross what Vegas uh, is doing, uh, what Colorado is doing. I think, again, Colorado has the same issue the Edmonton Oilers have, which, uh, which is in goaltending, uh, ex- except if Mike Smith returns to the Mike Smith that we saw here in Arizona. Because if he does that, uh, Edmonton is, is in good hands. But Colorado, again, how they go into the playoffs with – with that goaltending is uh, is a head scratcher to me with that type of roster. But again, Vegas is is my team to beat right now. They are just too big, too heavy, too good on the back end. The goaltending is is lights out. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, thanks for checking in. The, another bad thing about the way the season was structured is we didn't get to catch up with you a couple times during the regular season. So I really appreciate that you came on today. Absolutely. I, I like you said. I grew up in Edmonton, six thirty, Chad. That that was my station, sitting uh, on my grandpa's chair, listening to you guys all those years ago. Only good memories. Right on. That is Tyson Nash, Arizona Coyotes television analyst. Kelly Rudy in the next half hour. Sign up for that podcast, Inside Sports Canned Ham, delivered right to your door. Now with Les Dolphin. NHL tonight, eight minutes left in the first period. Jets lead the Canucks 1-0. If the Jets get a point in that game, then they will be the Oilers' opponent in the first round of the playoffs. North Division likely to start next Wednesday. Bruins and Capitals, 1-1 after the first period. Shots are 26-14 for the Caps. Curtis Lazar has scored his seventh goal of the season for Boston as the Bruins sitting out several regulars this evening. Baseball tonight. Blue Jays in Atlanta. It's in the bottom of the fourth, and it is 2-0 for Atlanta. We'll keep you updated on that one as well. The Oilers game tomorrow. It is one of those unusual start times. Three in the afternoon for the start of the game. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 1.30. I'll jump on with the face-off show at 1.30. Bob will probably just stay on and 
talk to me and that'll be fun as uh, the Oilers play the Canadians for the ninth and final time this season okay he joins us every week here on Inside Sports former NHL goaltender now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers he's powered by Sentinel Storage shop Canadian store Canadian try four weeks free visit sentinelstorage.ca it's Kelly Rudy hey Kelly how are you doing I'm doing really well Reed uh I have quite a busy week I was kind of hoping I was going to be able to rest up a little bit because the NHL playoffs uh, in the U.S. starts on Saturday. And so for the next uh, two months or, or so, I'm going to be pretty darn busy. So uh, that's my life for the next two months. No golf. And uh, I will be enjoying these, uh, these beautiful days that we're going to about to have from my basement. How's that sound? Well, as long as it's nice and cool down there, that's my refuge. <laughs> if, I, if I'm stuck in the basement, at least it's nice right? and cool down there. That's what I always think. Well, yeah, we're winding down the season here, and the Oilers still waiting for their first-round opponent, but another milestone achieved by Connor McDavid. I, I mean, 100 points. I, I would have said you were crazy before the season if you told yeah. me that. But going into Saturday's game, he needed four points, and it was... Yeah, probably. He'll probably like a four-point game, and everybody just kind of thought, yeah, he'll probably get there. <laughs> yeah, that's in different uh, territory, right? And so I'm going to relate a story I had uh, uh, with Wayne Gretzky. Um, it was the start of – it doesn't matter what, what year it was, but it was the year that he was going to break Gordy's Howe record for most points. And uh, I think it was in uh, – pre-season in fact we i think wayne and i went to lunch somewhere i can't even remember what city what town it might have been or what and i was looking at the, the our schedule and uh and i go when do you think you might break the record and so i think it was only going to be like seven or eight games into the season i could be off by a game or two but you get the gist of the story and so he went through basically every game that we had coming up and said i think i'll get this many points in this game this 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 and he said i think i'll break the record in vancouver or edmonton and lo and behold he did it in edmonton how how it tells you how good you are and how confident when you're going to go through say the next eight games and predict exactly how many points you're going to get and and you're going to break a record in edmonton and you called it like i don't know three weeks before like who does that and and that's like Gretzky and McDavid, and it's just special people that get to do it. I don't think going into the game on Saturday, any of us were surprised at the end of the night that he he had the four points. Now, I was surprised, and you may disagree with me, Reid, and that's perfectly fine, because I don't think there was any right or wrong answer. I was just trying to spark a conversation on Saturday by saying, and I think I may have brought it up three times on our broadcast, now... Now that he got the four points, would you actually even take him to Montreal or would you sit him for those two games and then have him play the last game of the season versus uh, Vancouver on Saturday? That's that's kind of where I was leaning. But like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. And so I was happy to watch him play last night. But I was kind of thinking to myself uh, on last Saturday, Oshie got injured, Slavin, I think, got injured. And there's you know those are important players to their team. And I know you never want to really like keep a guy out of the lineup guarding against something that you can't ever predict may or may not happen. But the fact of the matter is that's a vastly different team without McDavid. Oh, well, I mean, he's over the last 12 or 13 games, he's figured in on over 75% of the goals. So 
<laughs> right? So that's, do that the math. But it was interesting hearing him last night after the game because he had an assist and he scored the winner in overtime. And yeah. most players would be thrilled, even if they were on the ice for three goals against <laughs> like he was. But that that's what he talked about after the game. He's kind of like, I'm not sure I had such a good game because right, we right. got scored on, whereas most players would just be like, I wanted an overtime. I don't care what else happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being critis- critical of your own performance when you look at it defensively. And on the game-tying goal, yeah, he was going north when the play was going south already. And, and uh, although it was a bad goal to give up. Now, did that puck, I couldn't ever tell, and I didn't pay attention enough. I didn't watch uh, the replay over and over and over again. Did the puck deflect off the defense or just beat Koskinen clearly? I couldn't tell. The stick was in there. Yeah. I was wondering, watching that myself mm-hmm. last night, I still kind of felt that from that. And I, you, I know you and I have talked about those bad yeah. angle goals that go over the shoulder that I yeah. still kind of felt that probably should have been taken away anyway. Yeah, neither here nor there. But, you know, I, I do think also, and and I give McDavid credit for being critical of himself when, but those are hard games to play, right? Like you're in the playoffs, he's got his 100th point last game. And and mentally, you're. Uh, I've been in that situation. You're, you're, you're really grinding away, but you are looking forward to the start of the playoffs and, and you have your sight set on that. Yeah, well, and another big part of the Oilers success this season is Mike Smith who gets the Masterton nominee now I don't know if he's going to win it because there was a gentleman this season who passed Gordie Howe for most games played in (laughs) in NHL history I got to say Mike Smith's been uh he's been fun to watch obviously from a from a selfish standpoint he's a very good interview because he will give you thoughtful honest answers but he is just I asked him a few days ago about hey, you're probably going to get Vesna votes. And he said, there, there's one trophy I'm worried about. And you know which one that is. And he said he doesn't even pay attention to his stats. I don't know if that's true or not, because Rob tells me every player knows his stats all the time. But that's what Smith's bringing anyway. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because I uh, I, I think I would I would keep a running total during the course of the year on my, my current stats, like uh, my goals against and save percentage and a few other things, wins versus losses and a number of things like that. But but I'm truly not a stats guy. So if you were to ask me what my stats were over the course of my career, I probably would be in the ballpark, but I'm not all that sure of it either. So, you know, there's certain players that uh, are more keen on it than others, but I would agree with Rob. For the most part, most guys have a really good understanding where they are. But for Mike Smith to uh, be nominated for that trophy, uh, I think, just tells you everything uh i think he's in his 20th pro career and when you're talking about perseverance sportsmanship and uh, dedication uh that sums it all up and they're all separate things uh but to to have that long career you certainly have to persevere through a million different things um on and off the ice sportsmanship is a separate topic (laughs) you know that's not mandatory in my opinion but (laughs) but uh uh, I think dedication is clearly uh, an important factor also. I mean, it's pretty easy, and I think I may have come on the show before a few weeks ago and said something about I knew it was time for me to leave when the wins weren't as special and losses didn't hurt as much, and and that has not been evident with Mike Smith. He has uh, he has clearly shown that he uh, he's still fully engaged, and for that, I give him full honours. 
Yeah, I, I he gets as excited as anybody when the Oilers win a yep. game. You see him doing his little double fist yep. bump and crouching over. So very invested. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, I want to hit on a couple of other things with you. I just brought up some stats here on my screen, Kelly. Uh, you'll know what player I'm talking about. He played for the Flames earlier this season, and he had 12 points in 38 games. He now yep. plays for the Florida Panthers, and he has 15 points in 10 games. And, of course, we're talking about Sam Bennett, and I imagine Flames fans are being like, what? Where was that before? Yeah, they, they are talking about it a little bit, but it hasn't been a big deal. Keep in mind, they got a player that... Uh, uh, he's a second rounder and they also get a second round choice. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong with the comparison, but somebody told me on trade deadline, the player that they got, uh, he, the, the best comparison is Zach Hyman. So if you're going to get a player in return that uh, might turn out to be a Zach Hyman, I think that's a pretty good trade and considering you're going to get another second rounder now let's talk about sam because uh, i watched him his entire career here and there are plenty of lows there are a few highs along the way um and i'm not trying to be overly critical because that's not my point when a guy leaves the city and then now just you know say nothing good about him because he's a really nice guy he did some really great community work that uh, should be uh, celebrated uh, that will be missed but there was something about him that his lows were, were not very good. And his highs, people made the point that his highs were really good. No, his highs, he was only meeting expectations. That was my point about it. Like, that's the level he should have been at. I mean, not wavering between good and, and bad so often. Now, here's my point about Sam, and I don't know if this is true or not, and I haven't spoken to him, and but... I think something with the trade may have changed his attitude where maybe he's just having a little bit more fun. Cause if there's one thing I said, and I've said been pretty consistent about Sam with this, that I think he was just too hard on himself. Didn't allow himself to have as much fun as he should have. Brian Burke on our show when he was still with us said his nickname for Sam was grumpy. Um, you know, you can maybe chuckle at that, but the fact of the matter is if you're a pro athlete, and you're playing in the National Hockey League, you shouldn't be coming to the rink grumpy. Like, you know, you've got an attitude as everything. You should be really enjoying this experience. And now, you know, I'm not saying you can't be grumpy from time to time and disappointed in maybe your ice time or your line mates and certain things. But I think if you re really approach it with an attitude like, man, this is amazing. I don't care what line I'm on and who's on my left or right side or if I'm playing the wing or what have you. I just think that, you know, he, he's a guy that certainly had lots of potential. And although the, it did, doesn't look great on the Flames, it was time for him to move on. Well, I, I like how you put that about maybe you come to the rink a little grumpy, but you and I have talked several times over the years while playing in the NHL appears to be a dream job. We both know <laughs> there are ups and downs and yep. days it might, not always feel great and a player vocalized that yesterday and that was Jack Eichel and I mean look that was a yep. tough year in Buffalo I, I saw a few of those here in Edmonton myself obviously and and like the the Oilers bad decade it's now mm -hmm. 10 years out of the playoffs for the Buffalo Sabres um you know and he said he felt disconnected from the organization about the handling yep. of the injury and he threw yep. in that little phrase wherever I play next year right yeah 
Yeah, so here's my take on that. I know that some people have said, you know, I wish you didn't say it publicly and so on. Uh, I have experience in this, uh, Reed. So um, when I knew my time in L.A. was coming to an end, uh, I did not go down quietly. I thought, you know what, I'm going to stand up for myself. I know what's happening here, and I can see the direction of this conversation, and uh, I'm not going to be party to this. And so uh, I think when, uh, and I can't speak for Eichel personally, that's how I, I see it. Like, he's like, okay, I kind of see what's going on here and I'm going to be made to look like the bad guy. And I've got to, I've got to have my own back here and I'm going to take care of myself. And, and uh, I got to tell you, when I did it in LA, <clears throat> I of course didn't uh, have the best experience with my management team uh, at the time and the coach. And so when I saw it happening, I was like, you know what? Okay. I am going to defend myself. And the teammates that came to my defense was really heartwarming. It was just really cool to hear. And it meant the world to me because I knew, like I said, uh, I knew my time was coming to an end. So for them to defend me was uh, uh, very special to me. Which is interesting. But let me just counter that to some extent yeah. with this. When you did it, you would have been an older player. Yeah. And you wouldn't have had the expectations of, okay, here's the draft pick who's supposed to turn the organization around, right? I mean, you'd kind of already done mm -hmm. your thing for the, I, mean, I, 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 I totally hear what you're saying that you knew yeah. it was not ending well, but, but you'd kind of done your thing for the Kings, whereas Eichel's yeah. kind of wearing that. I, I haven't been able to do what McDavid Matthews did, whoever. Yeah. And you're exactly right. If, if the team didn't go out publicly before and uh, character assassinate me. So they said I was a selfish player by bringing some of these concerns out. And, and they, they made me out to look like I was not a good teammate. And so that's when it, it got ugly. And, uh, you know, I certainly wasn't proud of that and going through it because you, you hope that you're going to be a person of character and dignity uh, at all times, but it's amazing how quickly it goes south. You know, it was uh, all of a sudden the decision was made. Uh, they were, uh, when in my case, they were briefly looking at uh, re-signing me at the end of the year. Uh, some numbers were just casually tossed about, and then they went in a different direction. So much so, Reed, that I knew, like in January, like I put my house up for sale in January. I knew that okay, this is really going bad quickly. And so at that point, I was in, I'm not protecting the LA Kings any further. And again, I can't speak for Eichel, but it seems as though there is quite a bit of blame that he hasn't taken the organization to a certain level. And, uh, and so you get defensive. There's no question. And particular, in particular, when you're battling through what uh, looks to be some serious injuries. Now, here's what I don't understand, and again, I could be mistaken because I'm not close to that situation, nor do I know the organization well, but players, they're always given, you can go get a second or third opinion or fourth opinion from a doctor, and organizations usually don't, you know, put, get in the way of that, and I don't know why it seems as though there was some sort of uh, question about his injury and whether surgery or not, and, and I, I find that 
surprising. Yeah. Oh, and usually when it's a medical thing like that, that increases the tension for sure. Well, hmm. Kelly, uh, you don't have to put up your airtime on this show for sale. You're back next week, okay? <laughs> okay, thanks, but uh, Talk to you next week when the playoffs are started, I hope. Yes, that'll be a blast. That is Kelly Rooney. Love having her on the show. Really interesting perspective there. I didn't know that full story about him uh, getting out of L.A., that, that he was in that much of a hurry to get out. I don't think he's told me that before. Kelly, every week on the show, powered by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Inside Sports on Jed. the highest scoring German-born player in the history of the National Hockey League. Leon Dreisaitl, who's back in action tomorrow. Oilers and Canadians on 6.30. Ched, coverage starts at 1.30. That game between the Jets and the Canucks is now through one period, and Winnipeg is leading 1-0 on a goal by Kyle Connor. Paul Stastny playing NHL game number 1,000 this evening. So we'll keep you updated on that one because if the Jets win or are tied after regulation time they will finish third and they will be the Oilers opponent in the first round of the playoffs so something to keep in mind there and uh, again if you missed it earlier I do not know when the playoffs are going to start for the Oilers likely next Wednesday or Thursday for their first game and it will be at home at Rogers Place all right your football team the double E how close are they to having a name how close are we to seeing the 14 game schedule that teams are going to play in 2021 and operating losses of over $7 million. How do they move on from that? Some of the answers I'm going to get from president and CEO, Chris Presson coming up after the seven o'clock news. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Talk to you in a few minutes. 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.